0: Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. We explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, president of Westminster Effects. Go buy stuff for your guitar, westminstereffects.com. Join the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge, and you know the drill. Go subscribe and comment, Facebook and Instagram and iTunes, not iTunes anymore, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, and help us beat those algorithms. So we do not have one Lutheran John or one Bradley Cox, but in studio, we do have... Corey Truax. Yes. Host of the Corey Truax show and uh, elder at a Southern Baptist church, which I think is the most relevant to today. Exactly. So we're we're recording this one first. We're going to turn right around and then record our post-millennial project. Yes. Take a shot. Uh, (laughs) But this one is... SBC centric. Yeah, right. You just went to the SBC. What was that a week and a half, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Or- two weeks yeah, ago. New Orleans. In New Orleans. And tell us all about it. Um, we'll start with, uh,
1: let me give you the menu here. Three things. And then you okay. tell me which one you want to start with. Yes. We, in every which way, as a convention of churches, about 12,000 voting members came to this one, almost 20,000 people in attendance, decided uh, to make clear our position on the two roles that the church has: there's mm-hmm. elders and there's deacons, and that qualified men serve as elders. We did yep. that in various ways. Yep. Two, our sexual abuse task sexual abuse task force came back to report with an almost finished project, but with a pretty serious question still left. Okay, and then we also reelected the current president, uh, Bart Barber. Yep. Those so of those th- there was other things we did, of but course. if you want to have those three those three headlines. Because, um, because as a Southern Baptist, you have to have three, that's points. three points. I did that. Yeah. I, was, I, was, yeah. I was hoping you would notice. I was hoping everyone would notice three points. I almost came in here and alliterated those, by the way. Cho- chose <laughs> not to. Yeah.
0: So, of those three, which would so have been, you know, uh, uh, oh man, you got, what, I think you do all S's, right? Okay. Selecting a president. I like it. Sexual abuse. Okay. And sex of elders of elders yeah well done yeah. on the fly cody fields yeah we're, we're not sbc here at resurrection right, right, right. church but obviously sbc adjacent sure. because everyone has friends in the sbc uh which i think ference zinley uh, across the pond in hungary who you know is not in the inside baseball stuff like one of his in, his inquisition question was why is this sbc stuff so important good great question actually uh, so most churches in the United States run in the denominational circles. Mm-hmm. So they
1: are hierarchical and top-down, not unlike how we think about Catholic settings. Sure. So uh, you're seeing that as a mess right now in the United Methodists as more and more churches peel off. Yep. You have a question about who owns this building? right? The, the, the actual resources and property here, who, who, who does it belong to? And for most denominations in the United States, that that answer is a national entity. A right. national or state entity owns it, and they'll direct which pastor goes to which church. They'll direct uh, they'll, they'll direct a ton from the top down. The Southern Baptist Convention is important for two reasons. One, it is the largest. So of, mm-hmm. of all of the organized churches, church movements in the United States, it's not particularly close. The Southern Baptist Convention is going to have the most people in attendance on Sunday morning, so you're getting a measure of the The plurality of churches in the country. Where do they stand? What are they learning? What's the What's the mm-hmm. What's the theology of the the plurality of churches? And then two, we because we are distinct. We are a it's a hodgepodge of yeah, hard to manage of uh, churches that run their own stuff. We're from the bottom up. We run our own thing. We own our own property. We we decide who our pastors are, but then we try to partner together for uh, for ministry. And so the last part of that uh, for our friend over in what country.
0: Uh, Hungary, over if I Hun- recall correctly,
1: um, the, the land of Viktor Orbán, I believe. The over in Hungary, we are the largest mission sending agency in the Western world. I believe there's now a South Korean or Japanese group that took, overtook us. For, oh wow! For, for sending missionaries around the world, great. But in, I, I, thank you, Amen.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about
1: that. Uh, the. A, yeah, Southern Baptist Convention has a rule. 50% plus one of our dollars must go to missions mm-hmm. of all the dollars we bring in. Yep. And so we are ascending
0: missionaries all over the world.
1: So that's why we're. Um, I think the Southern Baptist Convention is a big deal and makes a lot of news.
0: Yeah. Now, before the Presbyterians freak out, before all y'all have aneurysms, we understand you're not fully top-down. Yes. Just calm down. Agreed. So move <laughs> <laughs> with that caveat, we understand you have a different polity than Episcopalian or whatever. However... There's still some kind of uh, governance that yes. does reach into the local church to some extent, and I'm sympathetic to it. Yeah, honestly, uh, and even particularly with uh, you know bringing up pastors on heresy charges and stuff yes. like that, I think that is something worth considering. But that's not how the Southern Baptist Convention operates, right? Which professional transition. Which is how you get into the whole women in ministry thing.
1: Yes. Three things we did at least while we were there to clarify this. Because to give you the problem, problem one, there are churches that identify with, give to, or in participation with the Southern Baptist Convention of Churches that had women acting as elders. Mm -hmm. Preaching on Sundays, they are the leadership of the church, we would say, I think accurately, in contradiction to 1 Timothy 2, Titus 2, right. and the entire model of the of book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Two, we have a, less of a problem, but it's, it's still an issue to solve in that the the Baptist faith and message, our doctrinal statement, says there are two offices for the church. There's elders and there's deacons. But we have started using the word pastor and slapping it on a lot of stuff. yes, Worship pastors, children's pastors, youth pastors. And, the, and those people who are serving as those kinds of pastors are not serving as elders, So, we had to solve that one way or the other. And this time, uh, we did a couple things. One, uh, those in just open rebellion, let's go go Saddleback Church out in California, another church in
0: Kentucky who had just openly women elders. And apparently it had women elders for some time, correct?
1: The the one in Kentucky blew my mind. She's apparently been
0: an elder, like the lead
1: pastor of that church in Kentucky for almost 30 years. Wow. And just...
0: Send folks to the to the convention. Just apparently wasn't obnoxious about it like yeah. other entities were. <laughs> yeah,
1: just out there doing her own thing. And t- t- plot twist, by the way, very big plot twist for me. It's time to vote on whether or not to affirm their exclusion. We're voting to affirm they should be excluded. She comes to the mic to make her defense, and part of her defense of... Well, you know, we we, we disagree on things in the convention. We should still be able to work together. Big plot twist. She was, I don't agree with you cowards who closed your churches during COVID. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> she she was actually making the argument, I guess, quote, from the right. Yeah. saying She was the most conservative, the most. That's, that's but, a bold strategy, Cotton. It <laughs> didn't work out for her. <laughs> uh, this, uh, Rick Warren came to the mic and made a, a, a similar argument. I think a, a bit of a sophistry argument, he said. Yeah. Uh, there's 4,000 and some odd words in the Baptist faith and message, and at Saddleback Church, we disagree with one of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: men versus yeah. women in the, in the eldership. Uh, so one of the actions we took was affirming the exclusion of those churches by gigantic margins, 90% level margins. Mm-hmm. We also excluded one other church, by the way, for not having an unqualified woman as, uh, as their elder, but an unqualified man. An absolute abuser.
0: So by abuser, do you mean physical abuse, sexual abuse? Sexual
1: abuse and having... I mean, he was kicked out of the... I think the the Anglican Communion could be the Episcopalians. They already removed him for committing adultery with his parishioners. Boy, howdy. uh Uh-huh. And then some Southern Baptist church decided
0: to hire the guy. Right? He's unqualified to be a pastor. What what possessed them to do such a thing?
1: Maybe he convinced them of his reformation. Um, But... And listen, um, maybe that dude can be personally reformed in a believer and back in a church, but now leadership for you is excluded. Sure. Not inclusion in the church, but leadership is excluded for you after that.
0: Because you have already shown yourself to be of the kind of character to abuse that position.
1: Yes, and so you can't do it again. Right, we're going to protect our people. So uh, we take we took that action, affirmed the exclusion of those churches. Two, we started the process of amending our constitution to get these words all meaning the same thing: pastor, bishop, elder, overseer. Maybe mm-hmm. that sounds right. All make sure everyone understands. All these words mean the same thing. right? And so as you're putting titles on stuff, rec- recognize that. We're going to use pastor, elder, overseer. Uh, the other one I mentioned, um, they're, they're all the all the same thing. So we started our constitutional process. And then there was also a resolution. Resolutions are non-binding. I think the clever way to say it is they do not shape the convention. They speak for the convention or they don't shape, they state. They no. state no. what a ma- vast majority of Southern Baptists believe. And we had another resolution just to say, this is what we believe. Men fill these roles, mm-hmm. not because women aren't, don't have capacity and capability, but because that's what the Bible says for that, right. for that reason, we, uh, affirm that. So, uh, we did at least those three things, constitution, resolution, and, uh, affirmation of exclusion of the churches who had female elders.
0: So it's not, we're saying that Rick Warren is necessarily a heretic. No. It, it, like Albert uh, Moeller said in his in his rebuttal to Warren, yes. we're not saying Saddleback is heretical. We're not saying Rick Warren is heretical. It's nothing personal against him or them. Right. It's it's this is what it means to be Southern Baptist and you're not living up to that.
1: Yeah. I I have some other statements I'd make about Rick Warren, but the only ones By that need me. to matter right now is you aren't one of our churches. Right. The the language he also tried to use was the, I think the, the language either in the Constitution or in our documents for onboarding a church is the are like closely align. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, but well, we do closely align, right? But this is such a big one. There are right. such, this is a very big deal that you might be a church and you might even do good gospel ministry. Let, let's just, let's pretend that for a second or suppose mm-hmm. that. One of the things you're not, though, is part of this convention of churches mm-hmm. who at well over 90% affirm there is that there is a biblical command on who serves as elder.
0: Right. It's similar to uh, like the PCA. They have the Westminster Confession that they subscribe to. And for a pastor to be in the PCA, he has to necessarily affirm what's in the Westminster Confession. Yes. There are certain presbyteries, uh, I think, The Foothills Presbytery around here is not one of them uh, that will allow for good faith exceptions on a couple of different articles in that confession. One of them being hard Sabbatarianism uh, within the Westminster Confession. And I think the the upstate presbytery uh, does not allow for that. Like, if you're going to be a pastor in this presbytery, they're saying, no, you have to subscribe to the whole thing full stop. Hmm. And good for them. And, and there's there is safety and boundary right around the, around these things. Right. So you don't have to. You don't have to agree. That just means you're not PCA. Yeah. You can still be a believer. Right. But we're putting boundaries
1: and definitions around what it means to be a part of these churches. There are some downstream effects to that. For example, we we have those overseas churches that we're planting through missions. Mm-hmm. We have North American churches. Do we want to be multiplying ourselves? uh, A group of people that don't hold to our doctrine? Right. We're going to want to multiply what the Lord has given to what we call Southern Baptists, or they're trying to rebrand as Great Commission Baptists. We want to multiply ourselves, not some other divergent thing. And so we have to expel divergent things so as to not recreate them.
0: Right. And there's something to be said about the downstream effects of... Women in the pastorate and things like that. Other than the the scriptural argument of God says it, ergo obey. Amen. That, that's good enough. Amen. Uh, but there are downstream effects. I've heard uh, Doug Wilson say there were women in pulpits before they were in fighter jet cockpits. Yeah, so, right. It was the it was church, the church that, that went first. That went first, and saying people like Amy Simple McPherson with the founding of Pentecostalism. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say that Pentecostals are heretics or anything like that, but, you know, it was those kinds of groups roughly a hundred years ago that directly led to women being in combat roles, which which scripturally is very problematic.
1: We are going to cover this, I'm sure, on our post-millennial discussion more, but... Oh, al- yeah, how about that transition? Almost always, <laughs> almost always the church in a given... Setting in a locality started getting something wrong and so the other realms of authority, either family or governments, filled in something. Right. And so when the church started getting wrong gender roles, it opens the door for the other institutions to do it. Right. All the stuff that you see wrong around you, this is getting to our post-millennial, I'm going to bring it back to SBC. Yes. The, the church failed first. Almost every time. I guess you can't think of one where we didn't fail first. And then the the secular culture around it filled it in with whatever values they had.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And you can go education. You can even go athletics. Yes. Whatever. Name something. If something's gone wrong, particularly because we were in a Christianized society before, the things that are wrong ultimately are failures of the church first. Yeah. Where we didn't speak clearly into it to begin with.
1: There's a gi- giant welfare. S- I'm going to stop. from this in my last sentence. There's a giant welfare system because churches stopped training fathers and husbands to do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And churches didn't do a great job of even helping their own members. Yep. And so the government comes along and says, I'll do it. Yep. We'll do that. Yep. We'll do that. Well, you're not supposed to, it doesn't matter. Well, you're not doing it. Yeah. So then the, the government does its thing. So in this out of down in new Orleans in the hottest city I've ever been to, by the way, it's horrific.
0: <laughs> I have been to Louisiana once and the humidity is enough to make a sandwich out of bro. We were driving in. It's probably about 10
1: p.m. Just getting in for the first time. We drove over whatever the lake that is, and I start hearing pop 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 pop. It sounds like hail. Why is, why is it hailing, or is this like heavy rain? And it starts to get all over the windshield. We have drone through driven through a swarm of swamp things, swamp bugs. We get <laughs> out of I get out of the car, and it's it's one of the most disgusting things. We committed bugicide. Yeah, so, some kind of like we, we killed them in mass, going across this body of water. It, when that
0: it's that kind of heat, there's over the water, it was gross. now Beachwood Church will be uh, <laughs> tried and expelled from the SBC for crimes against insects. Insects, yeah. yeah.
1: For if we were literally an insecticide SUV just driving through it. Uh, so we we settled that, and in Indianapolis next year we will vote again on that constitutional amendment and I think settle this. It's going to take time for churches that named their. People they shouldn't name pastors yeah. to change those titles, but I don't consider those people to be in poor fellowship. They just they use the wrong word. It's going to take right. some time to undo that confusion.
0: Right. We anyway. I won't go there. Um. So all right. So we have the women in ministry thing. Mm-hmm. Uh. Rick, let's let's drill down on Rick Warren. Yes. Briefly. <sighs> he embarrassed himself. Yeah. Could he not.
1: Yeah, those were really bad arguments. I think I used the word sophistry earlier. Yeah. To to the extent that there would have been many better people in the room to represent the argument he was trying to make. I
0: could have made that argument better. Yes. As someone who does not hold that position.
1: Yeah. The the room was already biased against him, but there was no humility in him, which mm-hmm. made, made it even harder. He came with hubris.
0: Right, which, which, which is, is nothing
1: new for him recently. Sure, sure, sure. He can't... But, it's, it's it's the guy who comes comes into the basketball gym with all the right gear and he's got swagger. Yep. And then he, he he clangs the the layups. Yep.
0: You you he, he shoots a three and it goes over the backboard. But it's man, like, he we're looks the, playing football. He, he he looks the part. <laughs> yeah. He, he's got right. the swagger.
1: He's got, he's got the walk. And he came in with hubris to that microphone, mm. even complaining very pettily, because. Uh, Albert Moeller, the president of Southeastern, excuse me, Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, he had been tapped to respond to the female pastor of that church in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I wonder why, because he's in Kentucky, not far from her. And he got he, he got to respond to her arguments. And one of the first things Rick Warren says when he gets to the mic is, "I don't know why Al gets to speak twice." Yeah. But, are your ego that that fragile? Yeah. Well, Al Moeller gets to speak for six minutes, and I only got to speak for three. Like that's.
0: Yeah. That's embarrassing to start. Th- this is akin to the argument of two kids being in a backseat and one says, She's breathing my air. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh,
1: it was a um, it was a bad look for, for Warren. And I hate that for him in his latter years, you know, he's not even an elder at uh saddleback anymore. Mm-hmm. He's he's been yep. replaced. He's, he's retired
0: completely, right?
1: D- he's doing other stuff. There was no reason to try to fight this mm-hmm. battle, but he did, and he did it poorly. He did it without grace. And I don't want to say anything more negative about him. I think I'm going to spend eternity with that guy. I do. Sure. I just think he's yeah. went off the rails here at the end of his life.
0: And, and compare that to Moeller's response. One, he did it without notes. Yes. Which, I mean, Let's, if you if you have somebody who can speak that clearly and that succinctly within his allotted time, and not getting his mic cut off like Rick like Warren did, did. <laughs> um, you're going to have my respect. Also, for well, that's part of doing
1: the, the briefing every day for that yes, long. You get a lot absolutely. of practice. It's a lot of reps in. And I, in particular, to say a kind word to Mueller, I can't tell you how hard that environment is. Mm-hmm. It's a room of maybe 12,000 voters, but 15,000 humans. There's a terrible echo. You're mm-hmm. hearing your voice echo back to you. You think you have to yell because, well, it's a room of 20,000 people. Right. And you, you feel like you need to, need to but yell. But you it's, are on a microphone. You're, but you're on a mic. You actually, the, through the power of amplification, mm-hmm. you could actually talk like this and everyone hears you. Yeah, And so it's a hard environment to just stay
0: as steady as he did. He did a great job. Yeah. I'm he, glad he's on he our really team. Did. And he looked good doing it. Yeah, like that eighteen-piece suit or whatever. Yes, <laughs> like he always no, wears. You know, they they ask, uh, back to
1: Mister um, uh, Ference. Ferenc? How do you say his name?
0: Uh, Ference Zinley. Ference's
1: question earlier. It's another reason why the Southern Baptist Convention is so important. Our six seminaries are very likely to produce the pastors that will mm-hmm. pastor the plurality of Christians in the United States for the next hundred and some odd years. Right. And so guys like Moeller matter a ton. The, the guys who run the seminaries matter a ton because the guys who run the seminaries hire the professors and the professors shape the people who are going to pastor your grandkids. Yes. And so let's, let's be very careful about who, who they are. And it's, it's great to have moler on the team.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's move to the sexual abuse
1: report. Very quick one on that. Yep. They did a, I thought they did a great job. It's actually being headed up by Marshall Blaylock. He's first Baptist Charleston's pastor did a great okay. the guy who did a great job in the community after that terrible shooting at Mother Emanuel. Um, they did this part is already done. What you're about to hear is completed. They're going to launch a website here very soon where you can t- type in someone's name, social security number and find out if any of these three things are true of them. That they had had a conviction for sexual abuse of some sort. That's, no, no complaints about that. That's a, uh, that's a criminal court has convicted. Right. To a judgment in civil court against them. So okay. that's what, remember what happened to O.J. Simpson. He was found innocent criminally, but liable.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that called? Civilly. Yeah, and, and which which is also what you see often anyway. Yeah. It, it's, it's significantly harder to prove a criminal case as opposed to a civil case. Yes. But if you can prove the civil case... You'll go into the database. Yeah. So you, you're. You probably did it. You probably did it. Yeah. More yeah. likely than not. Criminal
1: conviction, civil judgment, or three. This is the easiest one. Confession. Someone mm. who someone who confessed. You're in the you're in the database. So this is not. You were accused. So that's why we need the next the extra year. So okay. they came to the mic and said, "We got these three things. We're done. We actually have names. We're ready to load in. We're ready to mm. sit, upload the data set." Yeah. Cool. Now we want to. They asked for one more year. The convention overwhelmingly gave them one more year to figure out what we're going to do with the category of credibly accused. And you got to get the lawyers involved in that. You got to get your scriptures out and decide what's the definition of credibly accused before someone's name goes into a database Mm -hmm. that says you need to be wary and do not hire these people. Mm -hmm. What is credibly accused?
0: And and even credibly accused could be they were credibly accused, but here's the evidence that, that uh, actually gets them off the hook perhaps. Um, this, this one hits not terribly close to home for me, but I do have a friend who, I'll keep it as vague as possible. Yes. Uh, but a friend whose family has been uh, just rocked over the last year and a half, two years, I believe, uh, by... <laughs> Hard to say vague. Right, yeah. Uh, let's just say his family was affected by sexual abuse from an SBC associate pastor. Wow. And the church has done a poor job handling it. Okay. Uh, we'll just leave it there. Okay. And there's lawsuits involved. They they hired Bozchevigin, uh, et cetera, right? Uh, because this church has simply swept it under the rug. Yeah. Right? Can't happen. He, he was allowed to, um, this pastor was allowed to resign saying things were consensual when there was obviously some grooming and an assault that happened and and things like that. Um, so, you know, this is an important thing that has affected a lot of people. Yes. And even the fact that I'm not SBC and I know somebody who's going through something like this and has gone through it for the past couple of years, even to the point where he closed his business and sought employment from someone else. So he wouldn't have to think about that. Wow. Uh, You know, it's, so, it's, it really has just turned their family upside down. Of course. And uh, so, it, that's good to hear that there are steps being taken within the SBC. Now, I'm, I'm assuming this database would only pertain to people who were in the SBC when those things happened.
1: Yeah, other, ba- other background check systems can catch everything else. Right. right? Criminal background checks are going to catch criminal convictions. And I think most background checks are going to catch civil Judgments.
0: Okay, I was not aware of that.
1: Actually, I'm almost almost positive standard background checks, which almost yep. I mean, I, I mean, working in North Greenville, I had to go through a, a background check. Right. This is the yeah for this. You cannot be laundered through Southern Baptist churches. Right. Right. So uh, this this is I saw recently in pu- public schools are having this problem where a public school employee will do s- something with a child or a teenager, mm-hmm. and they'll just move. Move districts, right? Yep. We, we can't be as bad as the public school system. Mm-hmm. But we've got to have a tool. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're building that tool. We're going to spend one more year figuring out what credibly accused means. We'll meet in Indianapolis next year with an answer to that. Right. And I'll bring that back to you.
0: Right. Good. Uh, so, Bart Barber was reelected. Yes. Clearly. This means that the SBC has gone. <laughs> <woke>. <laughs> I, I, that saddens me
1: so much. To, to, that that was right. par- part so, of
0: it. so. He was he was reelected. I think the votes for were approximately sixty five. It was about sixty five thirty five. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like Mike Stone, his opposition, yeah. had no support. No. That is that is a good amount it's, of support. That's significant, right? Um, and it's not like the issues that Mike Stone is has been raising are irrelevant, right? But. Is Bart Barber a liberal? No. Not even... Like, <laughs> not, not even a little bit. Like,
1: go watch the guy on his Dateline... Not Dateline. 2020? Oh, uh, yeah. His 2020 interview.
0: He comported himself very well. So
1: well. The... Listen, listen I uh, I want to be careful here in my tone, too, because 35% of those messengers are brothers and sisters mm-hmm. who have a valid point of view mm-hmm. who I still want to partner with and I don't want them to go anywhere. Right. I want them to stay part of the team.
0: And honestly, like I would probably more so agree with their point of view generally. Sure. Right. Uh, they they tend to be very hard against any kind of wokeism. Good. Yes. Of course, Bart Barber is too. He's just not hard against it in the way that you like. Yes. Position versus disposition. Right. Um. A lot of... A lot of those people tend toward the more reformed camps, which I'm yes founders uh, ministries places like, yeah, places like that yeah yeah and and I've met Tom Askell before uh, as G three yeah, he was all over this convention yeah and great guy like he, he is willing to fight though if if he feels the need to um, which some people don't appreciate in the slightest. Like, <laughs> and I, I would even put me sometimes there. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I am often. I, I'm not saying that Tom Askell always picks the right fights. Sure. Uh, but he is willing to fight. I kind of see him as, and it makes sense because they're both in Florida, kind of a, a Southern Baptist Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He's not fighting all the time, but he does pick battles to fight. So I, I listened to,
1: look to, uh, Tom Askell, so important. Mm -hmm. I need. I I want him around. I want his voice prominent. Mm -hmm. I want his those that he disciples to continue to be significant in this convention, and at the same time, did you hear me say and not but Mm -hmm. and at the same time? Yeah, I mean, I've listened to his his show going into the convention, and his attitude, his disposition towards making sure Mike Stone won that election, was it was it was a lot for me. Mm -hmm. Like his his tone was this is this is a threat. We right. have to elect Mike Stone. Right. I don't know what's going to happen if we don't. Or, hey, hey, man. Hey, man. Calm down.
0: Right. It's not an existential threat. And look at the look at the votes kicking out Saddleback.
1: Yeah, the same group of people that excluded Rick Warren chose Bart Barber. They're not a bunch of woke liberals. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't even like the way the tone I just said that with, because it sounded too aggressive. <laughs> it's one to an elder, a man much smarter, yeah. knows more than me. Right. Tom Askell deserves way more than my regard and respect. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain that—that's what I'm finding in the the bridge building I want to do is there's a group of people a lot, a lot online who their positions are almost always correct, and I'm, I'm probably line with them more. Right. And their disposition is so cantankerous and so panicked that I want to just get in a room with them and say, "Guy, you're not a threat. Mm-hmm. We, we're not at, at risk for the for the liberal drift you think we are. Right. And I think they would say back to me, you don't even know. This is actually one of my, my most get on my nerves phrases. <laughs> one of my most get on the, the phrases that gets on my nerves the most is, we know what time it is, or that person knows what time it is. We know the days we're in there's even the guy who nominated stone said that Mike Stone knows what what time
0: it is mm-hmm. because there's a gnosticism to it we know where we are which is we, really interesting when you're trying to rebut wokeism which is all about standpoint epistemology yeah yeah it, it, it is yeah because
1: i am who i am my my view is valid yeah there's a thing they're they're implying about people like me saying Corey, you don't get it you don't see it you don't see what we see yeah well Guys, I'm paying attention. Yeah. You're probably paying more attention than I am. But mm. I, I, I'm i also sensitive to unorthodoxy. I'm very sensitive right. to it. And so the, they're, they they tr- they try to sell. And I don't want to denigrate. I want to say back to them, I'm just asking you to bring it down. I don't think you're under the threat you think you're under.
0: Right. Um, how much of this disposition, as you put it, uh, do you think owes itself to the critical race theory as a useful tool kind of yeah uh, what was that resolution 1819 it was it was
1: resolution nine and it happened in 2018 in birmingham alabama yeah i was there
0: yep and and so there if, if you if you if you proposed that same resolution today it would get shot down agreed so quickly yes probably by the same margins as saddleback getting kicked out agreed there was more information and again
1: resolutions i said earlier they are they're non-binding they tend to try to uh state what the what the convention thinks not shape what the what the uh, the convention thinks Mm -hmm. we were i remember that time in particular we were running out of time i think it was the last day someone even proposed from the floor, let's just vote on like resolutions 8 through 13 as a bulk. And <laughs> I remember- Let's I, get this done. Someone from Founders came to a mic. It might've been Askel and said, can we pull out resolution 9? Let's just pull that one out. Right. And I think they did, if I recall, and then like really fast, we voted on the other resolutions. Like if there would've been time to think through that and making points, I think it, it could've gone, gone gone differently. But that's, that's in part this group too. I, I want to be gentle how I say this often my disposition is to, is towards the future and their disposition is towards the past okay so t- tom, tom buck continues to come back to conventions and want to adjudicate publicly something that happened to his wife there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of he said she said stuff i don't know what happened with tom buck's wife right. and how those trustees handled it but he really wants to talk about it every chance he gets and he wants mm. to get justice for something that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. I, I love these guys, but there are some guys who are obsessed with what, Resolution 9 in Birmingham, and they want to keep going back to do that.
0: Or, and, and he may even be correct. They might be, sure. In, in, in Probably so. Even in the desire to have justice adjudicated, right? Um, and even... You could even probably make a case that he's correct in how he's doing it, technically but there's also a strategy versus tactics. Yeah. thing to consider.
1: You're when a lot of us are asking what's the convention in the health of the church going to be like in 40 and 50 years and 100 years and 200 years and you're the people who tend to always want to talk about other wrongs that have happened to you. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it people aren't interested in it. Mm-hmm. There there's a certain aversion to that. Like I, guys, I I don't want to read you re- rejudicate uh, that. I don't want to do that. I want to mm-hmm. talk about the future. I want to talk about what's 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 coming up. And so that group, that's what I want to say is we need you desperately. Right. We, we need, you, you are good guardrails. Yes. And we're not at the threat you think we are. And... If you could think about the future and just find a way to forgive, even if you haven't gotten the apology you wanted, if you mm. didn't get the resolution you wanted, just go ahead and move on because we got stuff to do, man. Yeah, we got important stuff.
0: So before we go to the inquisition, uh, the we we keep hitting on the ratios of these votes. Yeah, right. Uh, so roughly sixty five thirty five for Bart Barber. Uh, I think it was eighty eight and some change to remove Saddleback from fellowship, and okay. then eleven and some change to keep them. Yes. I did see a couple of comments of that 11% has, some ex- has some explaining to do. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I, I sympathize with that. However, within that 11 plus percent, you're going to have different reasoning for yes, that. That's right. And I would venture to guess the majority of those people would still agree with the Baptist faith and message agreed on men called men being pastors The other half, which puts you at like 5 or 6%, are actually egalitarians in the SBC.
1: I think you nailed it. Yeah, a lot of folks, their stance is, well, really, what is the definition of closely aligned? What does it mean to be closely aligned with the SBC? Does this this mean you have to be expelled? We think you're wrong. We think you're dead wrong on this. Mm -hmm. But maybe it doesn't fit under the closely aligned rubric. And then there probably is another smaller
0: group that's just egalitarian. Yeah, so you end up, by and large, with... 95% Ninety-five percent good complementarian folks, which by necessity means you're going to be orthodox on things like justification, sanctification, yes, deity of Christ, the Trinity, all that kind of stuff. Even if you're sloppy in how you define those, yeah. Uh, now, I think with Askel and a lot of those guys, the the rubber meets the road with the cultural engagement aspect of the church. And I know that's another can of worms. We'll open that can sure. in our next podcast, right? <laughs> but but you have, and Askel will say he's not a theonomist, but a lot of times he sounds really theonomist, mm-hmm. right? And I think that is largely frustration with the fact that he's using the Bible for cultural engagement in politics and a lot of people aren't necessarily and they end up coming off maybe too soft, on those kinds of things, which is secondary. Yeah, I think that's a good interpretation of what's happening there. Oh, good. The, I mean, I would include me here.
1: Someone yeah. who tries, fails, but tries to first do cultural engagement through a biblical lens. Mm-hmm. I think about there's. I think about a group that comes to the convention every year. That the only reason they come is to talk about the abolition of abortion, mm-hmm. and. It seems like they're very, very interested in making sure that we say out loud, women who get abortion should be executed. Mm-hmm. They want they want us to say that. I didn't know they existed until 2021. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was a 35-year-old man before I found out there are Christians who have applied the Bible, I think now properly, correctly, mm-hmm. to say the uh, abortion is a, a capital crime. I'm really well-informed. Right, And so the, the, the idea that I am blown away by you should tell you if you're in a room where Corey Truax is blown away by your position, <laughs> there are thousands of people in this room right. that take a lot of your cultural engagement, not just the abor- abortion thing, yep. that your cultural engagement positions sound insane. Mm-hmm. and your attitude of this is how it has to be, and it has to be this way right now. You're going to win nobody. You're going to win nobody.
0: Right. As opposed to, I think, this is where I think Jeff Durbin does a good job, is because that is his position ultimately, and he wants to get there, but at least to my ears, he does not sound combative in that sense. He sounds combative in, yes, defending the faith, and, yeah. and he will be bold in front of legislatures and, yeah. and whatnot. But it's not the wild-eyed, you know, uh, like this this one uh, podcast, because I listen to garbage podcasts sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure you do, too. Me, too. Uh, so I listened to one that was uh, QAnon-aligned. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Down <laughs> and, the rabbit hole. Yeah. And, and he was making the case that uh, Ron DeSantis was in the pocket of Big Pharma, because some I don't remember what corporation, like one of their executives put on a fundraiser for him. So that means he's in the pocket of Anthony Fauci. Wow. And that means that he wants to force these COVID vaccines on you. And that means he wants XY's right. Good Where gosh. you just, it, it, it was just extrapolations of things that weren't there in the first place, but also the way he put it, like my, I've made a statement and my statement is my argument.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: that does not work. No, there's a lot. There. I, I noticed that a lot. Co- usually folks
1: that I think they would think of themselves as to my right, uh, either theologically or politically. Which is hard to do. It's hard to get to <laughs> my right. But they make <laughs> assertions and they're done. Yeah. I've made my assertion. I've made... Uh, all right, well, you're going to need to support that with some stuff. Right. To, back to your core point. There is that group of people that, again, I love and want as part of the convention. And their their problem on the cultural engagement thing is that we, we may believe some of the same things, but won't say them with the fervor they want. There's some lather they want when Mm -hmm. you agree with them. I'm not going to give it to them. And then, (laughs) and then sometimes they just haven't won the argument yet. Mm -hmm. You have not won the argument yet for how you want to do cultural engagement. You might be right, but you got to find a way to be winsome enough to win some people over.
0: Right. You haven't done it. Right. And there's a, there's a large difference between, the, the winsomeness wars in terms of evangelism, which I would argue we should probably be less winsome in that regard. Like we need to actually trust that God does the doing in, in that and being winsome with someone who is your sibling in Christ.
1: Yes. Great. And everyone's going to be convinced differently. I think one final point on this. Yes. I think for leaders, leaders in churches, we can, we have to live in the world that we've been given in the world you've been given, there are a lot of immature Christians. There's a yes. there's just a lot of folks without a lot of theological background and have been affected by the world. Mm-hmm. You can be angry about it and you can communicate with it with your anger, mm. or you can accept the world as it is and ask yourself, what can I do to change it? Because your mm-hmm. anger won't change it. Right. Your tone of anger won't change it. Right. You're gonna have to do it piece by piece, relationship by relationship. Matt Chandler's in a series right now where he reads from one verse that says that we are, uh, ch- we're going to be changed more and more into, into the image of Christ degree by degree. And that sounds ridiculously slow. There are 360 mm-hmm. degrees. Are you telling me I only get one at a time and I might, I might only get one like every year? What if I never get yeah. all the way around? Yeah. Well, that yes, that might be how it is. Yep. And you can be livid about that for your all of your days, or you can accept it
0: and start the slow work yep. of accomplishing the task. Yep. And, and that gets back to the recording theme of this podcast recently of this is a long game. Very long. This is Hundreds not, of years. Yeah, this is not... We're going to fix it all next week. But, shall we move on to the Inquisition? Please do. And this is the Inquisition, where you throw us questions and we answer them on the fly. And, as always... The way you submit those questions is via a weekly post in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge. And as is tradition, we start with... Corey? Wait, no. So we start with... Um, <laughs> his name is... I thought you were introducing me again. Um, we always start with the same gentleman. Yes, it, Brian Morse. Brian Morse. So... Uh, All of these are uh, SBC related. I'll go fast. And he asks, is the issue of closed communion being in the Baptist faith and message as big of an issue as some are making it? If so, how do you propose to fix it? He says, if explanation is needed, some have said that the Baptist faith and message advocates for closed communion. And we aren't kicking people out for that like we have with role
1: of pastor. Two two part answer to that. One, yeah, the Baptist Faith and Message has a section on the ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. and the way it's written, if I recall, the Lord's Supper is administered to mm-hmm. members of the church. That's the mm-hmm. phrase, members okay. of the church. And I think some of us, like a Beechwood Church, would interp- interpret that as members of the global church. So that's right. someone who's been baptized because you can't be a member if you haven't been baptized, mm-hmm. and you are in membership. In some church, so if you're visiting us from another church, then please practice communion with us. If you're not a member of a church, mm-hmm. then then don't. So that's that is our position. The Southern Baptist Convention position is closed communion. Those who have been baptized and members of the church should practice in the Lord's Supper.
0: Right. So in terms of ecumenism, what do you do with Presbyterians who have been? Uh, so I will, mm. let's 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 not think about Presbyterians who. Started life in the SBC, you know, got baptized as a 12 year old, and then their convictions changed later to being uh, pedo communion like they've been believers baptized. We cannot argue against that particular person's baptism, uh, so excluding him. So, someone who is raised PCA, OPC, etc., baptized as a three month old, for all intents and purposes, you affirm yes, that is a Christian. Now what? I include them. Uh, we actually have that. I, I would too. We
1: actually have that situation at our church. Mm, okay. Uh, pres- uh, someone who grew up Presbyterian and wrestled with whether or not to get baptized mm-hmm. as an adult. Yeah. Uh, for lots of, I mean, I'm going to have that as a very open conscious si- conscience situation. Right. And every eldership is going to be different. Uh, but I, I would say to that person, you, you do not need, you're not in need of a second baptism
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can be included in communion. And if you have the conviction that you do, you are convicted. I need a, I need, I need to be baptized.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: My, uh, my thinking is I think we would do that. We would
0: baptize right. and then still be included. in And, it. and we, we have as well. Sorry, Presbyterians. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's one thing that's that does bother me. I heard a podcast a couple weeks ago uh, talking about you know, little C Catholicity, and this Presbyterian was saying, you know, a lot of churches in the United States would not permit me to take communion because I was baptized as a baby even though they would affirm that I'm a Christian, we're going to spend eternity together. They wouldn't allow me to take communion. And I think, I think that's something that we of Baptists should probably spend some more yeah, time thinking
1: about. Definitely would include that that person. I mean, they have been through baptism. It's not the baptism that I think is proper mm-hmm. theologically. I mm-hmm. would include them. But the other part of Brian Morris' question, um, I think the space between open and closed communion is so close but the space between male and female elders is a chasm. Yeah. And we, we had, we have to take action on the chasm. And as we only meet once a year, there might be, there might be a time in the next five, six years that we start really talking about close communion. Brother, I'll tell you this, Mr. Mr. Morris, I bet you could ask a million Southern Baptist church members. What closed communion is a thousand of them have a definition. Yeah. So we, whereas the difference between men and women, despite the confusion of our age, a million out of a million have an understanding of what men and women are. And so Mm -hmm. that's why we had to deal with
0: this. Yep. Uh, So Drew Medin asks, if every denomination had a football team, who would go to the Super Bowl and who would win?
1: It's hard not to argue that the Baptists would be at least in the game. Right. we're, We're heavily in the
0: South. They, at the very least are being the most popular, they're probably akin to the Cowboys. Yes! <laughs> and and yeah. you're welcome for that. Thank you, thank you.
1: <laughs> be, beyond that, I've always seen Lutheran men as particularly rough. Like, I think of Lutheran men. Yeah. Like, I, I could see the Lutherans making
0: it. Maybe we boil this down to what denominations play what positions. Okay. So your, your Lutherans are going to be your linemen. Linemen, absolutely <laughs> the case. Um, The...
1: The the me are the most heady. They're the they are the most like theologically high. I think the OPC is the quarterback. Yes, that's the um. What, what's the OPC? Orthodox Presbyterians. They are yeah. absolutely the quarterback. Yep. And then the skill positions can be Charismatics and Baptists.
0: <laughs> you know the Charismatics are absolutely the wide receivers. I,
1: actually, the Charismatics play the offense skill positions. The entire defense is Baptist <laughs> because that's our that's our thing. Is we are <laughs> def- we, we are defending yes. against all the drift all the time. Yep. So we are we're on defense. That's that's that is, uh, good
0: question. That's glorious. Uh, it it reminds me of my favorite uh, eschatological joke about uh, the different eschatologies being football teams. Of the post postmillennialist, uh, their team is you know they have faith in the coach and the playbook and they're playing the game and they expect to win. Yes, the amillennialist, you know they they have faith in the coach and the playbook, but ultimately they think they're going to have a five hundred season. Okay, <laughs> the premillennialist. Has faith in the coach in the playbook, but they're pretty convinced they're not going to make it past the 50-yard line. Mm. And the dispensationalist team huddles in the end zone – waiting for a helicopter ride out of the stadium, <laughs> at which point mass chaos breaks out this of the stadium.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> That's a fantastic one. I'm using that. Yes. Love you're it. welcome for that. All right. Last question from Nathan Presswood, specifically for you and not SBC related. He says one, he's enjoying the new format of your show. Thank you. So check that out. Corey Truax show. It's as you say, you have a weird name. It's not hard to find. Yeah. So enjoys the new format. What's the name of that new intro song?
1: Oh, bro, I will find it for you. I do. I mean, this is what I did. I went to YouTube. I typed in the search bar, unlicensed music. No, unlicensed rock, unlicensed rock. Like I just wanted to find something I could use and no one sue me over it. Yes. And I just started listening to, one, I, th- I think the first video, it was like three hours of music and I just started listening. <laughs> that one came up maybe 10 minutes in and I was like, that's it. It has a little dip in it. It's about a 15-second dip at the start. That's where I do my preview. It's got a good guitar riff in there. That's my song. There you go. So it is unlicensed rock music on YouTube, and
0: I will find see if I can find a name for you. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, uh, that'll do it for this particular podcast. As you're listening, in a couple of days, we'll drop the Culture with Cody and Corey podcast, or Corey and Cody, however you like to... No, alphabetical, but, Cody and Corey. Yeah, fair enough. Alphabetically, uh we'll also be dropping that here shortly. So oh I forgot to hit that thing. That's why we can't have nice things, is I forget to queue up music. But until next time, love God, love your neighbor, go make some music. We'll see you next time.